Chapter Seven, Part A, of A B C of Vegetable Gardening. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven, Part A. Standard Varieties of Vegetables. The amateur gardener will find it extremely perplexing work to make a satisfactory selection of varieties of vegetables to grow in his garden. He knows quite well, as a general thing, what kinds he wants to grow, but when he comes to a consultation of the seedsmen's catalogues, he discovers that of each kind of vegetable listed therein there are so many varieties mentioned that he is bewildered. Most of them are described as being so desirable that he cannot help getting the impression that if he rules out this or that one he is likely to deprive himself of the very thing from which he would obtain the highest degree of satisfaction. Nine times out of ten he finds, after going through the catalogues and marking the kinds and varieties that appeal to him most forcibly, that he has a list which would furnish enough seed to supply an average-sized market garden. I would advise the amateur gardener to attempt the culture of only a few of the many varieties described in the catalogues, and these of the very best. But what constitutes the very best is a hard matter for him to decide where all are described by adjectives in the superlative degree. He will find, by comparing the catalogues of the various seed firms, that there are described in most of them certain varieties of each kind of vegetable that seem common to all, along with many other varieties whose names differ greatly, though the descriptions of them indicate that there is not much difference in quality, or in other general respects. If he confines his selection to such varieties of each kind as the various dealers list, under the same names, in their catalogues, he will be making no mistake, for the fact that all leading dealers carry these varieties in stock is sufficient proof that they are standard varieties, and of such superior merit that no up-to-date dealer can afford to exclude them from his list. Take for instance Stowell's Evergreen Sweet Corn and Champion of England Pea. All dealers handle these, because they are standard, and always in demand because their superior qualities have made them universal favorites wherever grown. But they have other varieties of the same vegetable of which each makes a specialty, under names which will be found in no catalogue but their own. Many of these are doubtless possessors of all the good qualities claimed for them, but this we cannot be sure about. But the sorts which are common to all are those of whose merit there can be no two opinions. These are the varieties the inexperienced gardener can select with the assurance that he is getting the best thing of its kind on the market. In this chapter I propose to make mention of only such kinds of vegetables as I have grown in my own garden. I do this because so many beginners in gardening prefer to depend on the advice of someone who has familiarized himself with the merits of the various vegetables adapted to ordinary gardening and I propose to give with each such brief cultural directions as seem of most importance, thus making it possible for the amateur to avoid some of the mistakes that might be made if he were wholly ignorant of the requirements of his plants. After having experimented with many kinds I have pinned my faith to the kinds I shall make mention of, and I have no hesitancy in recommending them to the attention of all gardeners, feeling confident that a trial of them will bear me out in the statement that no better list can be made. There may be others of equal or superior merit, but if there are, I have still to find out what they are. ASPARAGUS Taking the list alphabetically, the first vegetable to consider is asparagus. 
Conover's Colossal seems to combine all the merits of the several varieties on the market, in such a degree as to give it a place at the head of the list of desirable kinds for ordinary garden culture. It is tender, fine-flavored, and very productive. A dozen plants, after becoming well established, will furnish all that will be required by a family of four or five persons. In order to secure good crops for this delicious vegetable, it will be necessary to dig up the soil in which it is to be planted to the depth of two or three feet, and fill the bottom of the excavation with strong manure. Pack this down firmly, and then return to the trench the soil thrown out from it, fertilizing this well as you do so. While asparagus will grow in a soil that is not at all rich, and will live on indefinitely under all kinds of neglect and abuse, it must be given plenty of strong food and good care in order to enable it to do itself justice. I would not advise attempting to grow it from seed, as it takes a long time for seedling plants to reach maturity. I would get two or three-year-old plants, set them about eighteen inches apart and at least four inches below the surface, keep weeds and grass away from them, give the asparagus bed a place in the garden by itself preferably along a fence or in some location where it will not interfere with other plants which call for the frequent use of the garden cultivator. On no account plant it in that part of the garden where it will be necessary to use a plough, for it is a plant that must be left undisturbed if you would have it do its best. Cover the beds with coarse manure in the fall, and work this into the soil about the plants in spring. Beans Mammoth stringless green pod matures early and is very tender fine flavored and productive it is a general favorite for the home garden golden wax is later than the green potted variety mentioned above it is valuable as a string bean and for shelling beans are quite tender therefore they should not be planted until the weather becomes warm and settled plant in rows two feet apart and about four inches apart in the row or in hills of three or four plants each Cultivate frequently during the early part of summer, throwing the soil toward the plants. Do not work among them while they are wet from dew or rain. If a pole bean is wanted, improved lima will be found extremely satisfactory because of its productiveness and its fine, buttery flavor. This class supplies the table with shelled beans only, its pods being too tough to use as a string bean. Plant in hills of six or eight setting a pole six or seven feet tall in the center of each hill for the plants to climb by beet i would advise two varieties of this vegetable where the garden is large enough to warrant the use of more than one crosby's egyptian stands at the head of the list as an early variety it is remarkably tender and has a sugary flavor that is most delicious as a second variety i would advise crimson globe this is very sweet and fine-flavored, and comes to perfection during the latter part of summer. It is a good keeper, and a quantity of it should be stored in the cellar for winter use. Sow seeds in rows sixteen to eighteen inches apart. Sow thickly, and use the surplus plants as greens while young and tender, making use of both top and root, thin to three or four inches apart. Cabbage Unless the garden is of considerable size, I would not advise planting this vegetable, because it takes up so much room that might be better given to other kinds which the housewife will find more useful. The plants should stand at least two feet apart. Seed can be put into the ground about the first of May, or plants can be started in the hotbed if wanted for very early use. 
seedlings can be transplanted as soon as they have made their second leaf. For a very early variety I would advise Jersey Wakefield, for late use, late drumhead or stonemason marblehead, both excellent in all respects and fine for winter use. Care must be taken to prevent insects from injuring the plants during the various stages of their development. Stray with an infusion of the tobacco extract known as nicoticide. This will effectually prevent the pests from doing harm if applied thoroughly and frequently. If cabbage is to be wintered in the cellar, it must be kept cool and dry. Some prefer to bury the heads in trenches in dry locations in the garden. The trench should be about two feet deep. Spread straw in the bottom of it, and place the cabbage on it, head down, with the large leaves folded well together. Then cover with three or four inches of hay, and bank up with soil. Put a board over this to shed rain. The cabbage will freeze but if left in the ground until the frost is gradually extracted from it, it will be found crisp and brittle, and much more satisfactory for table use than that which is wintered in the cellar. Care must be taken to exclude rain. If water gets to it, it will be ruined. It is a good plan to cover the trench with oilcloth or tarred paper, both being waterproof. Cauliflower this is a favorite vegetable when well grown and properly cared for. It requires a rich soil, a location well exposed to the sun, and frequent applications of water if the season happens to be a dry one. Cultivate as you would cabbage. For early use the plants should be started in the hotbed, and transplanted to the cold frame as soon as they have made their third leaves. Put into the open ground as soon as the soil is in good working condition. Set the plants about two feet apart. When heads have formed, they should be bleached by drawing the large leaves together and tying them with strips of soft cloth. For a late crop, to mature during the pickling season, start plants in open ground in May. The best early variety is Dwarf Erfurt. Autumn Giant is an excellent late variety. Carrot. This plant likes a deep, warm, sandy soil. Early shorthorn matures by midsummer. It is rich and sweet in flavor. Red Intermediate is a later variety, excellent for fall and winter use. Comparatively few persons give this plant a place in their gardens, but it richly deserves a place there because of its value as an article of food, as well as because of its health-giving qualities. It adds greatly to the variety of the bill of fare, and where it appears frequently on the table, a liking for it is soon developed, and thereafter it becomes a standard vegetable in the housewife's list of must-haves. It adds a delightful flavor to vegetable soups. Celery The seed of early celery should be sown in the hotbed. Transplant the seedlings to the cold frame, and allow them to remain there until May. Then set in the richest soil at your disposal, six inches apart in the row. Blanch by setting up boards a foot or more in width each side of the row, allowing an opening about three inches wide at the top through which the plants can get a little light. For late and winter use, sow the seeds in open ground in May. Bleach by earthing up gradually as the stalks develop, until you have the plants buried to within a few inches of the tip of their leaves. Use clean, dry soil in banking the plants. Sawdust is good, but care must be taken to make use of a kind that does not have a strong odor. Pine dust will give the plants a disagreeable flavor. For winter use, take up plants, root and all, and pack close together in boxes and store in a cool, dark cellar. White plume is the best early variety. 
Giant Pascal is probably the most satisfactory winter variety, but Winter Queen is a favorite with many. Both are so tender and have such a rich, nutty flavor that it is not an easy matter to decide between them. Cucumber For very early cucumbers, plant the seed in the hotbed in March or April, but do not put the plants into the garden until all danger of frost is over. This plant requires a rich and mellow soil. It should be set in hills at least four feet apart. It is a good plan to start the seed in pieces of sod placed grass-side down. This enables one to move them from the hotbed without any disturbance of their roots. The cucumber or squash beetle often destroys the plants when they are put in the open ground if close watch is not taken and prompt effort made to rout the enemy. Spray with nicoticide infusion, taking pains to have it reach the underside of the leaves. Dry road dust sifted thickly over the plants is often found quite effective, but because of the inability to apply it to the underside of the leaves, the liquid insecticide will be found more effective. Improved early white spine is a favorite with all who like a crisp, tender-meated, finely-flavored cucumber. Everbearing is an excellent sort for pickling as well as for use on the table during the fall, as it continues to bear until frost kills the vines. Corn. Sweet corn is one of the most delicious of all garden vegetables, and every garden that is large enough to admit of its culture should give place to two or three varieties of it. Because of its tall growth and the distance required between rows, it is not adapted to culture in the very small garden, though I would willingly go without some of the other vegetables generally grown there, in order to give place to a few hills of it. Golden Bantam produces ears only four or five inches in length but what they lack in size they make up for in tenderness and sweetness. Country Gentleman is a medium variety, very tender, sweet, and juicy. But the ideal sweet corn is Stowell's Evergreen. No other variety equals it in tenderness, sugary sweetness, and rich flavor. It does not come to maturity until quite late in the season, but it remains in excellent eating condition until the plant is killed by frost. Do not plant until the weather and the ground are warm, generally about May 10th at the extreme north. Sweet corn seed often decays if put into the ground as early as field corn. Have the soil rich and mellow, and cultivate it frequently and thoroughly. If a dry spell comes along, make use of the cultivator daily until the drought is broken. End of chapter 7, part A.